0: High end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Great to be back with you again this week. I am joined by a very special guest. A lot of you may already know her from her super popular podcast, Ask a House Cleaner. I am joined today by Angela Brown, who's going to give us lots of affordable tips on how to keep our house clean, what we should be focusing on. Cleaning for me, as you guys may or may not know, from getting to know me for or eight years of podcasting, is not uh, something that comes naturally, not something that's necessarily enjoyable, but it is a necessary evil in my life. I do like to have a clean house. So I have many, many, many questions. Have you braced yourself, Angela?
1: I have totally braced myself and I am ready for your questions. So bring them on.
0: (laughs) Well, my first question is for those of us who may not know you as well, please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your podcast. I'd love to hear your background and sort of how you got interested in cleaning.
1: Well, uh, I think I'm still waiting to get interested in cleaning. It's not something that I was ever like, oh, yay, I get to go clean. I, I think cleaning for many of us is something that is just kind of part of all of our lives. And at some point you learn how to do it or you don't. And if you don't, then you hire somebody to do that. Um, I have been a cleaner as long as I can remember. I grew up in a house with a lot of kids and my dad was very strict on having us keep a clean house because there were a lot of kids. And so he would do inspections twice a day where he walked around the house with a clipboard and he'd pass off our jobs. And if our jobs didn't pass, we didn't get to eat dinner. So it was like we had to learn to clean. And then when I moved away from home, that's what I knew. And I was never going to grow up and be a cleaning lady, never on my radar. But I woke up one day, like, you know, in my late forties. And I was like, oh, wow, this is what God gave me. And this is what I've been doing for the last 25 years. This is kind of who I've turned into. And so I claimed the title at that time, a cleaning lady, although I'd always kind of like shied away from the title, but that's what I've been doing professionally for 25 years. And from about the very beginning of my business, the first two or three months of my business, I was training other cleaning companies how to clean because our systems worked really, really well. And so for the last 30 years, it's now 32 years, I've been training house cleaners. And uh, in the summer of 2015, I had a life altering event where I needed to stay home. We had a troubled teenager that came to live with us and she was very destructive and violent and, you know, needed attention and I needed to spend some time with her. So I ended up selling my cleaning business after 25 years as a professional house cleaner and I pivoted and I went online to only train house cleaning companies online and that was super scary for me because I'm not I'm not in the online space I had to learn about social media and websites and YouTube and podcasting and all the all the things right but uh, I've really enjoyed cleaning over the years um, still it is something that most people like you said do not love to do and so that's okay if you say I don't love to clean most people don't love to clean it's just not one of those things it's like oh goody I get to clean you know it's just kind of happen into it.
0: Well, that's so interesting. Did your dad get to see you become sort of this cleaning guru and what are his feelings about it?
1: You know, it's funny that you ask that because I'm, I'm quote self-employed. And so in my dad's mind, like one day I'm going to get a real job. And so this, this isn't a real job. We've got a cleaning company now that spans the globe. We're in 191 languages, 37 countries. And my dad is still waiting for me to like get a real job. And I'm like, uh, I think this is the job, right? I think this is it. But, uh, it's funny because he's, I mean, he taught me how to clean. He yeah. literally taught me how to clean. He created was a- you
0: quite literally yeah. and professionally. And then he's not even seeing it or acknowledging the amazingness, you know, what he, you did with that.
1: He is now. He's laughing now going, oh, I guess this is kind of, you know, where the chips fall, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, this is this is what God gave me. This is what's in front of me. So I'm I'm, I'm an official cleaning lady. Yeah.
0: Well, so. and our parents have their own blind spots where they're unable to see sort of maybe how they... Um, influenced us or what we carry from their influence. But I'm really glad that you turned that experience of being like monitored with a clipboard into monitoring other cleaners with a clipboard. I think that's pretty fabulous. And I just think that's such an interesting story.
1: Well, it's interesting because I did get a lot of my strategies from my dad. And I watched my dad scale the strategies as our family grew, and then as I took those same strategies and I implemented them, and then my business grew, I was able to scale that on just a a growth pattern. And so, yeah, everything I learned, I did learn from my dad. It was
0: awesome. How many kids were there?
1: 19 of us. What? Yeah, I'm (laughs) number four. Mom and dad had one kid every year for 18 years, then they were done. Lo and behold, mother went through menopause and what have you, and then- Several years later, she had the last one, and so uh, we're just all from the same mom and dad, all one year apart, except for the last two, and then there's a gap. So that's yeah, wild. Twelve boys and seven girls. I'm number third daughter and the fourth child.
0: Okay, okay. I'm just what's weird.
1: (laughs) What's weird though is every one of my sisters has had a cleaning business at some point.
0: That's what we knew.
1: Yeah. Plus the older
0: ones were like probably the ones tasked with the most responsibility with this cleaning, the ones that were supposed to be the best cleaners. And that's probably how you want approval from your dad. Your mom was too busy birth and babies to give you any sort of approval.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's very possible. But my mother did learn. uh, I mean, she did love to live in a clean house. And so that was kind of a byproduct of it all.
0: Right. And kind of your dad's love letter to her. I'll just whip these kids into shape so they give her what she needs. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) I think we could do a whole show just on your background. That's fascinating. And I had no idea, but good for you. Good for you. Well, you know, just to turn to more general topics that we can all apply to our lives, whether we have 19 children or two and a half like me, uh, Um, What is the biggest misconception that you think people have about house cleaning or cleaning their homes in general? I think the biggest
1: misconception people have is that it's going to be this big thing. It's this big thing like, oh, now I have to go clean. And so we create these big walls and barriers around cleaning. And if you think of like brushing your teeth, You don't think like, oh, man, I got to go in and brush my teeth. Well, you don't. You just suddenly somewhere in the morning you're at the sink and there's a toothbrush there and you're like, this is what I do every morning. And you just brush your teeth and you don't really think much of it, right? It's just kind of like part of your daily routine. And if you make your bed every day, it might be a big thing for a minute, but then like every day suddenly you've made the bed and you're like, oh, I didn't realize I made the bed, but I guess I did. You know, I mean, it just kind of happens because that's part of your routine. And so, one of the things I love to look at is instead of saying, Oh, now I have to go clean and making it this big thing, it's, I think the misconception is that it's not a big thing. It's little tiny routines that mm-hmm. are built into everything that we do. And it just becomes part of our getting from room to room or getting from activity to activity or whatever it is we do throughout our day. I think cleaning is an ongoing process throughout the whole day. And I think the misconception is that. We're going to save it all up and then do it at one big time.
0: Yeah. That's how
1: I think about cleaning.
0: I don't think well, about it as well. It out. My, yeah. I don't think about it as I'm in my bedroom this morning. I might as well make my bed after I brush my teeth because I'm right here. I think of it as at the end of the day, do I have an hour to like bust it out? And dedicating that hour to the cleaning process. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have an hour? No, so it doesn't happen. There you go. (laughs) But I think about it, like even today, I've got kind of a a mass of dishes. And then my foyer is just a disaster because everybody's coming in from the spring sports and just dumping. And I'm like, well, I'm going to block off 40 minutes this afternoon and just really tackle that. And you know, I am going to do that. Do you know why? Because I have the cleaning lady coming tomorrow. And I always (laughs) clean before the cleaning lady. What do you think about that strategy? I I think a lot of people do that.
1: So it's interesting that you bring that up, because what you're talking about is you're talking about daily chores and weekly chores or biweekly chores. And a lot of people don't know the difference. And for those that don't know the difference, the daily chores are things like making your bed and emptying the dishwasher and rotating the laundry and the little things that you do to get throughout the day. And then when the, the house cleaning lady comes, what's different is they're going to be doing biweekly chores that we don't do every day, which is like maybe cleaning your baseboards or wiping the blinds down or scrubbing out the toilets and the bathtubs and all the different things that require more oomph, if you will. Yeah. And so they're daily chores, their are weekly chores, and they're like monthly chores or what we call deep cleaning or special package chores that only get done once or twice a year and there's no need to do all of them every day. That's just this overkill. It's like going to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned. You don't get your cavities filled every single time you go to the dentist. Like you just go in and you get like a routine cleaning and that's, that's it. That's all, that's all it is. So our daily, our daily cleans are just the little tiny things we do. Like you walk through the living room and you pick up a backpack and you hang it up or you, pick up a, a blanket that you used while you're watching TV and you fold it up and put it over the back of the sofa. They're just little tiny things that we do. That's a daily chore. And so it's really easy once you start thinking in terms of, Oh, I'm the one that does the daily chores and I pay someone else to do the weekly or the bi-weekly chores. Mm. And so that's why we tidy up before the house cleaning lady comes. Cause here's the secret house cleaning companies usually charge a lot of money. And so if they come to your house and they're doing all the daily chores You're spending a lot of money for little tiny things you could have done, like pick up the blanket and throw it over the sofa, right? Right. And so lots of people choose to do their own daily chores and then save the bigger jobs for the bigger money.
0: So they can get the deeper clean. Yeah, because my husband's always like yelling at me, why are you having her? Why are you cleaning? Why are you making us all frenzied before she comes? And I'm like, she doesn't pick up toys. Mm -hmm. She doesn't put the shoes in the shoe cabinet. Mm -hmm. We do that so she can mop the floor. We do that so she can, you know, do those things that we are really not capable. I mean, we're capable, let's be clear, but um, that we don't really have the bandwidth to do. So let's mm-hmm. do the things we do have the bandwidth to do, but I don't do them daily. I do them before she comes, right before she There
1: comes. you go. <laughs> well, at <laughs> least you have a system that works. And I think that's the secret is having a system that works because every family is a little bit different. And I know that everybody's uh, schedules are different. And so it, there are families that, truth be known, do not have the time to do any of it at all. Right. And so they'll hire professional house cleaners for what's called a mommy's helper package. And the mommy's helper package is super popular where somebody drops by your house every morning after everybody's left for the day. Kids are off to school. People are off to work. They drop by and they literally put away the breakfast dishes. They take out the stuff out of the dishwasher, put the stuff in the dishwasher away. They put new Dishes from the breakfast inside the dishwasher. They rotate the laundry, take the stuff out of the dryer, fold it, put it away. They put new stuff in the washing machine and the dryer. They wipe down all the cupboards, make the beds and sweep the floors and they're gone. They don't that scrub out toilets. I they
0: will don't know do- I have arrived when I have a mommy's helper package. It, it's really amazing
1: because it happens usually five days a week and there are house cleaners that will swing by. Like there are moms where their kids work outside, the, the, the kids go to school during the day. So the moms will drop by and they, moms who help moms basically is what it is. And so they'll come like five days a week and they just do the morning routine and then they're gone. And they're only there like 45 minutes, an hour of the day, boom, they're gone. And when you get home from work or whatever it is you do, um, you're like, oh my gosh, everything is neat and tidy and picked up. And it gives you that. I, I have spent my time usefully because you were able to focus on what you do best and let somebody else take care of the lesser tasks that either you don't like to do or you didn't have time to do or everybody just got in a hurry and nobody did it that kind of thing.
0: That is what I want. There I will not rest until I can afford that package.
1: <laughs> a lot a lot of families um choose that package even over a regular house cleaner yeah. because if everything is just kind of maintained, then there's like
0: some sort of balance in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's quite interesting and illuminating. Okay, I didn't even know. I needed that. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> um so, you know, What should we definitely be cleaning in our homes once a week? You mentioned those daily tasks like making the bed, rotating the laundry, dishwasher. But once a week, what needs attention?
1: Well, I'll share a secret with you. There are a lot of daily chores that you can do. And if you do them daily, you don't have to do them weekly. Because the mm. weekly is where we get bogged down and say, oh, I saved this for a whole week. It's going to take me all day Saturday morning to do and all yeah. those things, right? So there are little things like if you wash laundry on a daily basis, and if you've got a couple kids at home, you probably do, or you do two or three loads of laundry a week or whatever it is, if once a week you'll just run a half a cup of vinegar through the, the fabric softener cup in your laundry mm-hmm. machine. It will freshen everything up and it brightens your your laundry load and it helps remove the ick around the inside of the front load washing machines. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a little thing that you can just add in to an existing task. What kind of vinegar? Then uh white vinegar. White. Sometimes it's considered cleaning vinegar, but it's white vinegar and you find it in the salad dressing aisle at all the grocery stores. And you buy it in a great big gallon, it's like $2 a gallon. It's very inexpensive, but it works wonders. So there's a tip. I know, right? Um, Another weekly chore that we can save on is lots of people will have uh, toilet rings. Mm. And they're like, oh, I got toilet rings. I'm going to have to clean my toilet. And in their mind, it's this big thing. Mm -hmm. But if there's a toilet brush that's right next to the toilet, every single morning when you get up, the first time you, you go in the restroom for the day, very first time, grab the toilet brush and just run it. We say it's a 10 second routine. You do three strokes around the, where the ring is three sto- strokes inside the the drain at the very base. Mm-hmm. And then three strokes up around the inside of the rim. It's just like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. That's it. You will never have rings in your toilet. There's no buildup. That's it. And if you did that once a day, it's super easy. It takes like 10 seconds. That's
0: interesting.
1: I know. Brushing like your
0: toilet's teeth before you That's exactly
1: what it is. Yeah. And the toilets hopefully don't have teeth. That would be uncomfortable, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) But if you do that every day, it keeps your toilets from building up rings, right? Ah, So So there are little tiny things you can do like that, that once you understand the maintenance of it, you're like, oh my goodness, why did I let the rings build up? Right? Right, But every toilet needs to have its own toilet brush in order for that to be effective yeah. You're not going to be running across the house from toilet to toilet. And many homes now have four or five toilets. Yeah. You're not going to be using the same one. So you want to get one at all the toilets just for convenience. Yeah. And then train everybody in the house first time you come in in the morning. Just scour it out and you're going to go, you know?
0: well, We'll see about training everybody else. <laughs> but at least my toilet won't have rings. There yeah. you go. It's been very hard. You know, I think this is kind of like the um, – Marie Kondo tidying up thing. It's been very hard to get my family on board with cleaning routines. It's been a very lonely process to try and advocate for, say, a daily chore or something like that. It just isn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I need your father to give me some tips on how to whip these kids into shape.
1: (laughs) Well, my dad's philosophy was that we are all part of a community and everyone contributes to the community. And so he's like, it's, it's not your mother's job to, to follow you around. And granted, my mother had a lot of kids, yeah. but he said, you live here. You're a member of this family and everybody does their own part to contribute. And so he said, we will have a, a job chart. And every week we rotated the jobs. And so every week, like one week I would learn how to clean the living room. And the next week I would learn how to clean the bathroom and I would learn how to clean the kitchen. And then every few weeks we would, I mean, we'd it every week, but every few weeks I would end up on the same, the same room of the house. And so I already knew how to clean it because he taught us how to clean it. And I think that's one of the big misnomers that Mm. parents get into is maybe they weren't taught how to clean when they were growing up. And so it's impossible for them to teach their children how to clean. And so it's just kind of passed on from generation to generation. I know training house cleaners, we get a lot of house cleaners that come in and they're like, don't tell anybody, but I don't actually know how to clean at all. Mm. And we're like, well, don't worry. We'll show you how, because once you know, you can't unlearn how once you learn it, then you'll know. Right. But like we tell our kids, yeah. go clean your room and we send our kids in there and our kids are like, well, I don't know what that means. And they go in and they look around and they touch a few things and they might move a few things. Mm. But what does that mean? They don't know what it looks like when the room is clean. Like what, what, what am I supposed to do?
0: What's the and goal? That's, yeah. Right.
1: And so that's where the checklists come in. And, um, uh, I have a checklist with me. This is a checklist that I use for professional house cleaners. And if you like, I have a free one you can download. Yes. Um, Savvycleaner.com forward slash worksheets. But it's a free one. And we use this for professional house cleaners. We use it for families alike. And it has every room of the house. Now, if you get this worksheet and you don't have one of these rooms in your house, you just draw a line through it like that. Ah, right. We don't have that room in our house. Right. And then there's an area like for bedrooms and there's a little, a little, spot here where you write someone's name. Like if Charlie lives in this house, we say this is Charlie's bathroom. That will always be Charlie's bathroom on this worksheet. And that way, every time we go to clean, we know, hey, that's Charlie's bathroom, right? right. It, it just has things like you're going to sanitize the showers. Like if you take a shower in the morning, you're going to hose it down with the shower head on a hose. There's a little squeegee in the shower. You squeegee the walls down and you're done. That's it. No soap scum up. It's nice and clean. If you have like ick on the bathroom floors, you use the squeegee on the, the the shower floor. You scoop everything towards the drain. When all the water's gone, you're done. I mean, it's-
0: Do you know what grosses me out about that? What's that? Because I've been in families. I mean, I haven't uh-huh. lived in them, but like I, there's a particular family member that we visit that requests that we squeegee the shower after we shower, uh-huh. right? And I want to definitely do whatever they need us to do to be a good house guest but I've just cleaned my body. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like getting dirty or, you know, like messing with dirty stuff.
1: Is that a thing? (laughs) Well, when you say you're messing with dirty stuff, I'm hoping the shower is already clean.
0: It looks very clean because, you know, she requires this of everyone, but the idea that I'd be squeegeeing like shower scum after I've just gotten clean skeeves me out.
1: So there shouldn't be any shower scum at all. If you've hosed everything down, everything is is down the drain, right? And all we have now is clean water and we're going to do gonna like water. Six, six strokes with our arm. That doesn't require, that doesn't create a lot of body sweat or anything. And you just <laughs> rinsed off so you're clean. And what's cool about it is this, here's what I love about squeegeeing and cleaning the shower out. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just can't get over this. Have you ever cooked dinner And there's this uh, gunk in the bottom of pans and like then it evaporates and it gets stuck to the side and like it it needs scouring pads and it never gets clean. So you have to go in and like fill up the pan with like hot soap and water and you got to soak the pan so that it loosens everything up and then you can scrub it out. This is every single
0: night for me, Angela. Yes.
1: But when you take a shower, it's the exact same concept. Now there's, there's heat, there's steam, there's water. It's like everything that was in the shower is already soaked it's never going to be easier to clean than right then when you're in the shower. So before, if, if, you're not, if you're not worried, I mean, if you're worried about like after the shower, cleaning it, clean it before you take your shower, go in and there's all kinds of steam in there. There's water, everything is loose. And I have a little uh, squeegee with a little um, sponge on it. And yeah. the sponge is wrapped in nylon. So it works like a little scouring pad. And I have a little tiny pump spray of nothing but dishwashing soap. This is Dawn dishwashing soap inside the shower. And I put it on the little uh, squeegee sponge. Yeah. And I squeegee down the walls. And this is before, before taking a shower or during taking a shower or after taking a shower. You can do it while you're in there. And then when you're hosing the walls down, you can hose yourself down. And now you're all nice and clean and so is your shower. But you got all the soap scum, anything that was on the walls off, And then you flip it around, you just do the squeegee six times on the glass and you're done. That's two sides, you know, two, two frames of glass and you're done. But the cool part about it is this. Well, the cool part about it is this, it's super easy. And then you don't have to come back later and spend like an hour cleaning out the insides of, you know, all the soap scum and where stuff is built up and in the corners of the, of the tub and all that stuff. You just, you do it as you go. So it's, it's difficult if you've never done it, but once you get the hang of it, everybody that takes a shower can get the hang of it really quick. And I mean, like everyone in my household does little shower cleaning and the squeegee and all that stuff when they're done. And it's it, it's amazing because then you don't have to spend a long time. And as a professional house cleaner going inside people's homes, if and here's the catch: if you're paying your house cleaner an hour of their time, and a lot of house cleaning companies charge anywhere from $50, $60, $75 an hour. Yeah. That's something that every family member could do as they take their shower. If they're spending an hour of their time cleaning your shower and you've got four or five bathrooms in your house, that's a lot of time and money you're spending on something that could be part of a daily little routine.
0: Right, right. right? And then yeah, the stuff that, that sticks water. on the
1: bottoms of the tubs and the showers, if you'll mm-hmm. use the squeegee and just scoop the water towards the drain, done. That's right. it. It can air dry. You're done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. I think what I'm hearing is the key to making it manageable is really creating that routine.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. because
0: then it's in these bite-sized chunks. It's not taking up a portion of your weekend. Everybody's used to just pitching in and doing their part. You know, what is something that people frequently forget to fold into their cleaning routine? Or just overlook?
1: It's it's different for every family. Every family Mm -hmm. has their own forgetful things, whether it's that they just don't like doing something or whether it's not easy to do. And it's little things like stuff falls down in the oven. And so then there's ick at the bottom of the oven and they forget and then they go to cook again and then it kind of like smokes and it stinks up the house or whatever. I'm sure that's never happened to you, but it happens to some people. (laughs) They have these little tiny inserts that go at the bottom of your oven and they're made of fiberglass or silicone and they heat up to like 500 degrees. And so if stuff falls down, you literally pull it out. You do like this, like you just shake it a little bit. And it loosens everything up and then you fold it because it's flexible and you just dump it in the trash and then you put it back in the oven. It's like easy peasy. And so people forget to do that. Like they forget to, to clean the bottom of the oven, but that will remove you then from having to like scrub the oven and buy fume spray and all that stuff and make mm-hmm. it take two hours to clean out the oven. And, and again, it's not doing the little tiny routines that make the buildup really laborious. And then we create these walls of, oh no, it's gonna take me a whole Saturday. I'm gonna to have to clean out the the whole oven. You know, stuff falls in the burners of the stove. Well, you can just lift up the burner of the stove and wipe that out when you're done every time you cook. I mean the stove just lifts up. And it's right. just like wiping off the counter. You just wipe up under the stove. And if you don't, then it collects all this, you know, stuff and then it gets caked on there and then it smells when you cook again and We create these extra things for ourselves that really are super easy to do just on a daily routine. But one of the secrets is um, if you're standing there at the microwave, and most people have a microwave that requires like two or three minutes worth of cooking. So if you're standing there for two or three minutes, spend that time in the kitchen doing other little tiny tasks. Maybe Mm. you're not cooking in the oven Mm. right now, but I've got two minutes so I can lift up the oven right now and I can wipe that out, Mm. right? Yeah, or I can open totally. up the refrigerator door and the stuff that fell on the bottom when kids like take snacks out of the fridge and it, like th- there's egg at the bottom. Yeah. Just wipe that out. You've got like two minutes. Like how much can you get that's done in that? two
0: That's a good idea. Two, yeah, two minutes. Because even like the air fryer when it's on for four minutes, what could I do? Yeah. I'm waiting there anyway. I'm yeah. just standing.
1: Well, and it becomes a game. How much can you get done in the two or three minutes that's in the kitchen, other things that you already have to do? Right. Mm-hmm. And instead of it becoming this 40 minutes at the end of the day and I'm so tired and I've got to get the yeah. kids to bed and then I've got to go clean the house and just a couple minutes here, a couple minutes here, a minute here. And it's it's the the routines that will save you. I know that I always wash the dishes the last thing at night and I put them in the dish drainer. The first thing I do in the morning when I go in is I put all the dry dishes away. I just I've let them air dry the end. And now we're starting over again. But now we're starting with a clean kitchen and everything is put away. And as I'm fixing stuff in the morning, if it takes a minute or two to cook, I just hurry and put the stuff away and now it's done. It's just part of the routine. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I'm wrapping my mind around like what this routine would look like and how you can personalize it so it feels really doable because all these are little bite-sized chunks and -hmm. that's not how I've thought about cleaning. Um, In fact, my mom would like collect this bag of miscellaneous, like just anything that was wrong in our house or like mail she wanted to deal with later or whatever was going on. And she'd put it in this really large bag. And then at the end of a week or two weeks, she'd just dump the bag, right? And it would make a huge mess. It'd be everywhere. And we couldn't leave until everything was picked up from the bag. But it turned it into this epic thing, right? Right. Rather than just dealing with it at the time. I just think of cleaning as epic, block out the time, make sure that you tackle it. (laughs) So I do think a lot of our cleaning, maybe blocks around cleaning could be from childhood. For instance, I grew up in a house where we had a lot of pets and my mom didn't value um, home decor, which may be why I'm an interior designer. I don't know. But we didn't have any rugs. So I never vacuumed. Until I had interior design clients, I had never vacuumed in my life because we didn't have, we had hardwood floors, we didn't have any rugs, she didn't like rugs, whatever. And I've always considered myself a really bad vacuumer because I just never did it. Also, my mom was very picky about like the dishes being cleaned just the right way. So she always said, you don't do it right. So I still think to this day, I don't do dishes right. So I'm like, oh, I don't do dishes. I don't do just right. So, I wonder how many of these cleaning blocks have been passed down.
1: You know? Well, the question is do you still need those blocks? And the reason I ask the question is hmm. this a lot of people have the blocks, but when you ask the question, like, does that still serve me? You might realize that like an old pair of shoes, the old pair of shoes worked for a period of time. They had high arch support. They had great treads on them. They carried you the distance for a period of time, and then they wore out and they got holes in them. A lot of our blocks have holes in them. And when you stop to think about them, you're like, well, that was silly. I don't know why I, don't know why I still am carrying that around with me or why I'm still wearing those yeah. old shoes or old beliefs. I need to take that off and get me a new pair, get me a fresh set of beliefs or a fresh set of ideas and really focus on how, how amazing it is. Like when we go on vacation, we walk into this place, usually a hotel or an Airbnb, and it's really clean. And a part of us is like, Whoa, I'm on vacation. Like, and you just feel restful and relaxing. Yeah. And there's just, everything is put away and it's organized. And it just gives you this feeling of like unclutteredness. You're just like, Oh, this is awesome. And people pay big money to go on vacation for that feeling. mm-hmm But what if your home, especially a nicely decorated home that had all this amazing decor and it just was a lovely looking place, what if that place felt like that all the time? Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't you want to stay home and how much would you pay for that? And so the pay, the price that you pay are these little tiny routines. And so instead of saying, man, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around cleaning and not to knock your mother but the approach of saving everything up and then dumping it out, making a great big pile is really overwhelming. Yeah, it's it really so overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. And then that this does create a block because it's like, oh no, here it comes. You know, <laughs> we can't go anywhere and do anything until all the little trinkets are put away or whatever. Yeah. I don't believe in piles at all. Oh. And I have a podcast that focuses on piles. nothing that focuses on nothing but clutter, okay? And I do not believe in piles at all. And here's Mm. the reason why. If you have a big moment and you feel like, oh, I could do anything and you go and you rip everything out of a closet or out of a cupboard or whatever, you get halfway through that pile and then something happens, okay? This is real life. The phone rings, there's an emergency. You gotta go pick up a kid at school. Somebody got hurt. Somebody needs something. There's an emergency and you leave with the best of intentions. I'll be right back and you never come back. You leave and you go do something and you get sidetracked and then the pile just gets left. And now it's just this big thing that keeps burdening us. Every time you walk through the room, you're like, oh, the big pile. I didn't get to it. I didn't finish it. And it is. It's just this overwhelming thing. So please, whatever you do, don't ever do piles. I don't believe in piles. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go declutter something, declutter one thing. Go in a room and pick up all the dishes and go put the dishes in the kitchen sink and you're done. That's it for now. Next time you come in, pick up something else. Pick up all the towels. That's it. Just pick up the towels. Nothing else, just the towels. Go put them in the laundry or hang them up and now you're done. That's it. The next time you come through, just pick up the paper. Pick up the mail. Pick up whatever the magazines, newspaper, whatever it is that's left around. That's it. Don't be picking up all kinds of stuff and do not make a pile. Don't yank everything out going, oh, we're gonna sort through everything. Don't do that. You won't get to it. And then you'll have this big pile and you'll feel lousy about it. Just pick well, up one Angela, thing.
0: I want to say right here, right now, you are wrong. When I make a pile, <laughs> I get through 80% of it. And, and then you? 20% leave. <laughs> Wait, oh, I, have, I have a happy bell. You get a happy bell for getting through 80%
1: of your piles. You are
0: one in a million. But the 20% haunts me like it was 50% and it never goes away. And then it forms the next pile, right? So, yeah. oh, that 20% becomes the next weekend's task and we can just pile on that. So, you're completely right. But I wanted to just give myself that 180% sticker.
1: There you go. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. The, the, the challenge with having a pile is um, the pets get in it. And they start, you know, jumping around in the piles and they move stuff around. Or you're like, oh, wait a second. I meant to do the laundry and I didn't. And there is a couple of towels. They're kind of clean, but they're in that pile. So you pull out stuff out of there and it kind of rummages stuff around. And then you get up in the night to go get a drink and you trip on the pile and it kind of screeches things around. <laughs> <My> <laughs> they kids never stay a the pile. pile.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Well, and that brings me to my next question, which is really a perfect segue. For those of us who have pets, I have a cat, I have a dog. And the one thing that bugs me most about having a cat and a dog is mess. That it's just one more thing for me to clean up after. They give me so much love, sometimes more love than my children. Actually, a lot more love than my children. My pets love to cuddle. But at what cost? Like, like litter is always spraying everywhere outside the litter box. You know, there's fur. What are some things that we should pay special attention to as pet owners or things we might overlook?
1: you know, it's really amazing, but pets are trainable. Pets are totally trainable. And so I mean, we have lots, we have lots of homeowners that have a little tiny area right inside, like it, coming in from the garage door or the back door where you have like the little dog door Yeah. And you have like little mat and you have a little tiny, you know, you train the dogs to wipe their feet off when they come in. So they don't track it across the floor. You've got a little station where if you're walking your dog, when you come in and you dispose of the little poop bags or whatever it is, have some hand sanitizer there where you're cleaning your hands, show the dog that you're cleaning your hands, let him, do his hands. You do this together as a routine. It just becomes second nature. It's one of those little habits that every time you do, this is how it goes. We don't want a dog running in from the rain and then like tracking it all over our beautifully home decorated floors and rugs, right? We don't want that. We want them to come in and follow the rules. And if kitties are getting out of the basket and they're dragging kitty litter around, you know, cats know how to clean up and they lick their paws and they're tidy little animals. Show them how to scoop it all up put it all in a little a little thing show them every time and they're like oh okay this is what we do we clean it up when we're done right they'll get to the point where they won't drag it out of the bucket cuz they got to clean it up animals are totally trainable oh <laughs> there's it's it's so easy once they know what to do But we have we have lots of pet owners that brush their animals' teeth. It's part of their hygiene. So every night when the adults and the children brush their teeth, bring the pets in and they get their teeth brushed at the same time, we wash everybody up. You know, if it's a little dog, maybe we comb their hair and we do all the grooming right there, which reduces all the pet fur that flies Mm. all over the house. I mean it's it's just part of the routine.
0: And so instead of it being that my pets are as poorly behaved as my children. So that's helpful. (laughs) Everybody needs some home training. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing that's interesting is
1: the pets are also part of the family community. They get to participate as well. And so what happens is when everybody is doing their part, the animals can do their part as well. Now, not all animals are equal. Like a turtle, for example, is not going to help you clean up or whatever, <laughs> but they don't make a big mess. So, right, right, you know, right. within within reason. But dogs and cats are very trainable, as are rabbits. Okay. Wow. Wow.
0: Well, this is a lot to take in. Uh, but I feel really empowered. I feel like I've learned a lot today. I have so many more questions. I'm going to have to have you on again, Angela. I hope you'll come back love to part it. two. Because you are just a wealth of information, and I feel like for me, you really reframed cleaning. And so I'm going to be thinking about ways that we can integrate it into our day to day versus spending half Saturday, just locking in or freaking out the night before the cleaning person comes.
1: (laughs) Don't freak out. Um, when you, when you go to have a meal, you, maybe you do. Um, but many people are not like, Oh, I got to go eat right now. They don't. They're just, they kind of like wander in the kitchen. And as they wander in the kitchen, they might open up the fridge and they're like, Hey, what's for dinner? You know, or they might look in the pantry, you know, have any new snacks up here. If mom went shopping, you know, and they just, it's just kind of part of our lives. And cleaning is the same way. If you wander through a room and you see something like, Oh, that's on the floor, I guess I'll pick it up. And you just kind of do it as you go. It removes this big barrier. And if I could leave you with one thing, it's that remove the big barrier. It's okay to like do little pieces of stuff throughout the house as you go through the day. And if you have a stairway, put something up at the top of the stairs. I do this all the time. I might take laundry upstairs, but I have towels that go back downstairs. I'm not going to go back downstairs right now, but I just take the folded towels and I kind of lay them over the stair rail. And then when I go back downstairs, I'm like, Hey, I'm going down the stairs. I'll take the towels with me. And I just kind of do it as I go. And it's not like, Oh, Oh, those towels they're still upstairs big barrier i mean you know what i mean it's it doesn't right. have to be a big thing right and so just right. just make the little routines just build them in and then what happens is everyone in the family starts saying like oh the towels are at the top of the stairs that's what we do now we take them downstairs when we go and right. if they see you do it then they're like that's what we're doing now like we we offer a decluttering basket that we keep at the top of the stairs. And every time somebody's done with something, you wear like a, an item of clothing and it doesn't quite fit you right. And you don't look flattering in it. And you're kind of like, why do I have that? When you're done with it, don't wash it. Just put it in the bin and let's get rid of it. And yeah. so anybody from the family can donate whatever they want that they're done with. Whenever you're done with it, it goes in the box. Once a week, every Saturday, when we go out to run the errands and buy the groceries, we drop the box off at the donation center. It's just a matter of fact, we just, one of the things we do. Right. And I've, I've been carrying the basket out when there are people in my house that are like, wait, wait, I have old shoes. I have a shirt. I have something I didn't add in here. It's not going to get added if it's not in the basket. Right. I've also done laundry that way. I go down with the laundry basket and they're like, wait, I have underwear. It's not in the hamper. If It's not in the hamper. It's not going to get washed. Right. Right. Put it, put it where it goes and whatever happens next to it happens, you know? But well, everyone can teaching them,
0: reason. training them yeah. in your family community that this is how things go. Yeah. And I think it is that reframe. And I also think there's something really powerful, even listening to your childhood story, comparing it with mine. I think there's something really powerful about empowering our children to take care of their space, to be a part of the family. So I think another takeaway that I'm bringing from this conversation is that. Now, this is really something that's a legacy that will continue if I teach them, if I show them, if I have that checklist in their room so they know what an A or what the goal is for cleaning their room, then um, they can feel successful and hopefully carry that on when they have a dorm or when they have their own house. So, Angela, I think you've made some big ripples today, not just in our day-to-day routines, but also in the lives of our family members as they go on and become their own productive communities. Well, so thank, thank you. you so
1: much for having me. I appreciate this. This was yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, my wheels are spinning. Um, so I'm excited to take this back to my family and see what they say. But in the meanwhile, before you come on for a part two very, very soon, please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you, or they can hear more fascinating tips.
1: I'm on all the social medias at Ask Angela Brown. And also I have a YouTube show called An- uh, Ask, Ask a House Cleaner. And so you can ask a house cleaning question and I'll help you find an answer.
0: I love it. Well, I have many more questions. Uh, So I'll check that out first and then I'll have you back on. And what I'm really going to go do ASAP is download some checklists (laughs) because I have a feeling I'm missing some things. And uh, even though I don't think I'll ever be exactly like your father, I wouldn't mind having little pieces of that to carry into my family.
1: There you go. Well, thank you so much. This was fun.
0: Thank you so much. Yes, it was great talking with you. And uh, until next time, everybody, we'll see you again next week. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy.